0: Good afternoon, greater Philadelphia area. This is Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 a.m. I'm Tom Tool, she's Sarah Time, and she's Stacey Mitchell. And we have Nick behind the camera, and we all work at the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Main Line, the number one Remax team in Pennsylvania since 2018. And we're streaming live every week on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. Just look up Tom Tool Sales Group. Make sure to subscribe and follow. And we've got some interesting stuff to talk about. we got some data points, some cooling market predictions, a lot of people giving agents advice on how to approach the upcoming fall market. And we're going to jump right into the de- market data like we always do. So there was a report that came out from Altos Research and an opinion from Logan Modishami at Housing Wire. Uh, but let's leave with the Altos Research first. So what we're... Seeing from Alto's research uh, is that there are a lot of data points that are saying the market is going to cool in the fall because we've seen rates, they went up to what, seven and a half today? So we've seen that kind of stubbornly stay above 7%. Home buyer demand really hasn't dialed back, in my view, but I think some people are getting a little weary about it. And now there's this sort of different trend that they're predicting here. So If you look at um, the available inventory of unsold single-family homes, um, it ticked up again to uh, 492000 the peak so far this year. A lot of people are saying this is a seasonal inventory gain, even though there's 10% fewer homes on the market than last year. The pace of sales have also dropped. So do you see this trend continuing? Do you see the fall being like a a cooled housing market, meaning not prices going down? I don't think that's what we're talking about here, but maybe a slower pace – people settling into more of a seasonal flow to the market? Is it going to be a cold winter? What's your observations after seeing this Altos research?
1: I I would agree with it. Um, I feel like um, people are, you know, not just jumping in and, and writing offers. You know, I mean, certainly there are you always you have those motivated people that are going to be, mm-hmm. you know, continuing to write and, and continuing to move forward. But um
2: I I feel like it's a little bit slower paced um overall. Uh I've been seeing a lot more listings that do not have an offer deadline, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is interesting. Uh and when you call the agent and ask if there is one, they'll say, No, we're just gonna wait and see what happens. So that's different. And obviously there's gonna be a couple houses, the the outliers that still do have the offer mm-hmm. deadlines, um, if they're moving ready and and just perfect and priced right. Yeah. Um, but for my clients uh, that I've been helping recently, uh, they're, they're pulling back a little bit. They're taking their time. They're digesting everything. You know, it's taken them two, three, four days to make a decision. Um, I feel like people are tired. Mm-hmm. I think that they are a little tired. Um, they feel a little bit, you know, dragged down. Mm -hmm. Uh, just by a lot of the negative news and and other things going on. But the people that are really ready to transact, they're still out there and and really motivated to get something if they're relocating. um, They're changing school districts, things like that. But, yeah, I can see it being a little bit more of a normal market, I guess, you know, Mm -hmm. if you can call it that. (laughs) Well, I had
1: two – I had uh, showings yesterday. um, I had more than two showings, but for – (laughs) <laughs> Two different clients where it was um, both of them offer deadlines were set for last night. One of them, it was like, you know, a six o'clock. The other one was like, you're, you know, by midnight. And uh, for the one, I knew there were, I think, like four offers in at the time that we went to to look at it. For the other, no offers, like they set the deadline. It had only been on the market a couple days, set the deadline. And when I reached out to find out, you know, how many were in, None yet, but several, like several are coming, you know, and then for in both situations, my clients didn't end up writing offers for either of those places. It just wasn't the right fit. And then, you know, obviously the, this morning I looked, they're both still listed as active, um, but it could be, you know, they're reviewing, they're, they're deciding. Mm-hmm. But um, I thought it was interesting for the one that set the deadline without any offers, like yeah. nothing was in hand yet. I always. Um, That's I don't a know. bad move. It That's is a bad a, it's business such move. A bad move. And
0: and some of these agents, they get they get ahead of, you know, they don't let things play out. We've talked about this all the time. Like I, I would love to tell a seller, hey, like I guarantee this is going to happen. <sighs> you start doing that and making guarantees, you're going to lose clients fast. And it's more of if this happens, here's our play. Mm-hmm. I would argue that folks need to say, hey, like if I'm seeing a lot of activity here, we're going to make this call over the weekend because one of the worst things you can do is set a deadline because it scares people off, Mm -hmm. especially what they're talking about in this in this report here. I mean, last week we talked about that only 18 percent of consumers feel like it's a good time to buy right now. So do you really want to scare off the buyers that are interested? Because this is so true that typically the first offer is usually the best offer and sometimes the only offer you see for a while. So. I think that's a bad business move. I just wanted to jump in on that there. I didn't mean to cut you off, Stace. And, you know, what we're seeing now, and, and it seems like we're, you're, you guys are seeing the signs that we're going to have, and, and also it's also like the end of August, right? And mm-hmm. I think you got to factor that in. Back to school is happening. People are, even though we've been grinding it out, like specifically I know like our team and the three of us, I mean, I, I'm either on the phones, I see you guys at the office all the time. There, There's this mentality that people are going on that last minute vacation. You're going to see that this time of year. If you look at uh, Altos Research's graph, I'm going to see if Nick can put this in afterwards. I'll drop it in uh, our chat here, Um, that they are predicting that we're going to see inventory peak of unsold homes in the next couple of weeks. Uh, That's what they've been saying all year long because of um, and, and then see it start declining in the fall. And. A lot of times that's not really what happens. You don't see the decline happen till like October, November, and then you see that drop off. So I'm kind of curious if you if you anticipate any more inventory coming on the market in the fall and what's your what, what's your take on that as well before we get into pricing trends and then what what uh, what this, this potential Fed pivot.
1: I think there's always going to be like a trickling in of of more listings, mm-hmm. you know, like there are certainly things are going to continue to come to market. I don't expect there to be a surge. Um I think it's going to be just like a slow a slow trickle.
2: Right. And I was actually anticipating more <laughs> based on, uh, you know, the interest rates being a little bit lower. That That's what I was anticipating. Obviously, with today's, um, when I saw that they were up to 7.5, that was a low. Oh, you mean like had the interest rates not gone up, you right. thought more would come. Gotcha. Yeah. So, I, you know, I was hopeful that headed into the fall – and with the feds, you know, kind of signaling they were finished with their rate increases that maybe that would affect the the mortgage interest rates to dip down mm-hmm. below seven and into the sixes, which would then trigger, you know, maybe some of those sellers yeah. that were holding back. And then we'd see more inventory. But so with the <laughs> interest rates at seven and a half, I don't know. It's, it really depends on um, on that, I think, because yeah. there's there's a lot of sellers sitting on the sideline. Mm hmm. They want to be able to transact, but if they're sitting on you know a three, four, 5, even five percent interest rate, mm-hmm. um, it's a tough. They're not going to gonna get into a seven and a half, yeah. Right, mm-hmm. unless they could do a very small mortgage for a short term and try to pay it down quickly, right? But some people don't have those options, right?
0: Well, that's a really great point because I mean, and I, I don't know the rates are going to stay here. There, there's there we're going to talk about this actually um, next. Uh, one of the other things we we popped in the show here is the where, where people predict rates going and there was eight predictions from fortune magazine all eight of them predicted rates would be lower the end of this year and kind of a range of like mid like five up to like 6.1 for next year and that will unlock a lot of things um even despite all this and seeing rates higher we're still not going to see prices come down altos is, is pretty clear on that it just looks like it's going to be a tough fall and winter and, and i think any agent that, that has this you guys sound very realistic. I mean, we talk a lot about this stuff. Any agent that, that is anticipating the the fall market is going to be this like crazy boom. They're 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 not being realistic with the market. And my hope is rates do come down. We'll talk about that in the next segment here because I think there there's a lot of this that you talk about the lock in effect and folks don't want to move and 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 we're going to break that down in the next segment. This is what's this is attributed to, and and people have already kind of thrown in the towel for this year, and they're looking at like next year. Mm-hmm. And even though it's August, and and that's not a great move for real estate agents. We'll talk about that as well. But it's something that th- this is going to be a tough four, five, six months until you get into the beginning of next year. I don't, I don't care what anyone says for home buyers, for home sellers, maybe, and definitely for real estate agents.
1: Yes, yeah, so, I mean, have you talked like arms with any of your? with any of your clients like I know when things were like going up before that was a conversation that um, I know I was sometimes having and I know that's something that we had discussed in the past and then when things kind of steadied a little bit like that conversation kind of fell off Um, I was just curious if you've have you've had many clients either ask about that or you know has that been brought up as like a, a workaround
2: not necessarily with arms, but um just some other creative financing, yeah, like tapping into their equity that they already have in the home for their mm-hmm. down payment, yeah, um you know, there's been some creative thinking as far as how they can utilize that, yeah, um, but yeah, not really they are, and actually, I don't
1: even know what the the arm rates are right
2: now i that could be since they ticked up to seven and a half, that could be an option now, yeah.
0: Well, so I mean, but this this is what stuff. This is the kind of stuff people are going to need to be talking about. So you know, seeing rates come up to seven and a half, let's transition on to what uh, Logan Modishami of HousingWire is saying, and we, we talked about this uh, last week on the Knowledge Brokers podcast that we got some pretty favorable inflation data last week, um, and the CPI uh, data it, it was a little bit lighter than expected. Um, if you look at the numbers, and this was on the tenth, so it was on uh, on Friday. Um, and you take rent out of it. I mean, we saw the um, over the last 12 months, we saw a 3.2% uh, ri- uh, rise year over year before any seasonal adjustment. And we only saw a 0.2% uh, increase in, in the month of July. So this was pretty encouraging. However, 90% of the inflation growth is coming from shelter data right now. You're talking about seven and a half rates. It, it th- th- There's an issue here because... The Fed policy of just jacking up the federal funds rate—this is the highest rate in twenty-some years right now—it it, it's causing mortgage rates to go higher. I, I don't I don't care what anyone else says. I mean, we're at seven and a half. I mean, this is this is going to be a little bit of a challenge. So, given that we we have this inflation data that's getting close to where the Fed wants it, should the Fed continue to raise rates, or are we going to see them keep you know keeping this going until they see that two percent core? Um, PCE data that they're looking for, which is the, you know, the uh, the, the CPI inflation data and, and the, the core index. I mean, what, what do you guys think here? Because this is what everyone was afraid of, that rates were going to go higher. And even though a lot of people predict they're going to be lower.
2: Well, I think already, um, you know, with the, the interest rates being where they are, um, or just the Fed's raising the rates, it's affecting everything across the board. And I do know that, People are using credit cards more now than ever, and that debt is very high. As a matter of fact, one of my clients last night showed me her chart about how, um, you know, in, in nationwide the um, the debt has increased as far as personal debt, personal credit card debt for folks, because she's anticipating foreclosures. So we had this major conversation about how. It's not going to happen with foreclosures, but right. I do understand people are spending more on the credit cards and, and their debt is much higher. Um, so that's that's a big strain um, because people, if they're living paycheck to paycheck, and what was it, like 60% of Americans are saying that? I mean, it was a high percentage that I heard are now paycheck to paycheck. So they would be going to those credit cards, and that interest rate is going to be high. Right. So their monthly payments are going to be high. Um and we already do know about, um, you know, the rents across the board have increased. Yeah. So I do think that that's going to put a strain. Now, if the feds decide to raise the the basis point again um, and create, you know, a job loss recession, which I think that's what they were hoping for anyway. That's kind of what they were looking for.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but really, they're they're kind of achieving what they set out to do, mm-hmm. you know, um People are gonna they're gonna max out their credit cards and have to pull back spending and just buy essentials.
1: Right. Right. I mean, I think that is like, you know, as we are always talking interest rates and everything, like like most of our focus, this is a real estate show, is about right. um, you know, how that's gonna affect like your mortgage interest rate and all of that. But yeah, it affects it affects everything. So when they do this, I mean, there are so many people that, just like you said, Stacey, are having to put more and more on credit cards and like
2: and that could affect their capability of even getting a mortgage. Oh yeah, well, their debt to income ratio, you well, know. It also
0: drops your credit score when you have certain percentage of usage on the, on the, on the credit card. So I mean if you're above like a 50%, let's say your limit's 10 grand and you're at like 6 or 7, mm-hmm. your score's going to drop and a lot of people don't know how that works and then they can't qualify for certain things and it, it does create some some issues. Um, to answer your questions, so it's 60% of uh, Americans as of uh, the beginning of January we're living paycheck to paycheck um, and that is uh, actually down four percent from January of last year, um, and that also includes four out of ten high-income consumers. Also, we're seeing the highest—it's it, one trillion dollars of credit card debt. It's the highest mm-hmm. amount of credit card debt ever. So, you're, you're mentioning about how crashing the labor market stays, and you know a lot of people feel like the labor market's got to break and get above like that, like three hundred twenty-five thousand dollar jobless claim. For the Fed to really go in the other direction, they did see a spike in claims data last week, but the four-week moving average is still two hundred thirty-one thousand. So the, the labor market remains really strong despite what's going on with um, what's going on with inflation, which is which is pretty interesting. And there there was a Fed interview. Um, they mentioned that they could see the groundwork to cut rates without a jobless recession uh, or job loss recession. Excuse me. And they talked about the real estate yields, uh, the real yields being restrictive. So the way to think about that is with inflation falling and rates up, the Fed believe the Fed funds rate is at a restrictive level currently. So if the economy picks up steam, I mean, I, I don't and the labor, mar- but and the labor market weakens. I mean, there's so, it, it's very volatile right now. It's not everything's not going in the same direction, which is creating a lot of confusion for consumers.
2: Right. I think that's the case. And people are a little apprehensive because yeah. they don't know what's going on. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's – it's if you're renting and, you know, you, you're unsure mm-hmm. and you don't know if your job's going to be there – because yeah. I, I talk to folks too and they're like, well, I don't even know. I, I could be transferred. Mm-hmm. So uh, – but we'll find out, you know, on Friday. Yeah. I had a client that, you know, he's wanting to make this huge purchase – he is renting, and we've been touring homes all over the place. He just closed on a, a secondary home, so he has cash for his mm-hmm. down payment. And that's what he was waiting for. But then, as soon as he closed on that home and got the cash in his bank account, he found out from his employer that there's going to be some layoffs. Uh. So, and he wouldn't find out till this Friday. Luckily, he called me yesterday and said, "Guess what? I I'm, my job is safe." Yeah. So, but that created so yeah. much stress for him because he didn't know and he wasn't going to then make the, the big yeah, purchase. Absolutely. So there's a lot of that going on too.
1: Right. And I mean, for him, that was something where he was getting like a clear answer down the line. I feel like for your average consumer out here, there's no like, all right, I find out on Friday. Yeah, that's great right. and it's, yes. uh And a confused consumer is a consumer that doesn't want to make yes. a massive purchase like <laughs> right. you know, that you're tied to. Yeah. Right. Because yeah, it's like, it's not just like getting the purchase. It's then what happens if you you do this whole thing and then you lose your job and then you can't, you know, it's mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Yeah. I think that's really well said that the, I mean the, con, the uncertain consumer, they're not making decisions, yeah, like they're, right. just, yeah. you know, and, and they're, they're playing it very cautiously. So I don't, I don't think this is going to change anytime soon. I don't mm-hmm. see the market changing much. I think this is going to be kind of what we deal with where it's, it's a grinded out kind of market right now, which there are opportunities. There are people willing to transact and ready to go. You just got to go find them. So we'll, we'll talk about that next. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, We're going to come back and discuss a number of things. One is going to be how agents need to kind of navigate all this. The second is what the future of the market holds for real estate agents. And then uh, an interesting take from Ricky Carruth down in Alabama, I think. So we'll be right back on Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM.
3: or give us a call at 610-439-8000. We always have a person available to take your call with around-the-clock human service. Purchase your home with the personalized, local service you find at Mortgage America. Mortgage America is an equal housing lender. NMLS 128501. When you're
4: getting a mortgage, you shouldn't have to sacrifice great service just to get a great rate. At Mortgage America, we've been lending with this philosophy for over 35 years. We have access to great low rates without the complications and delays of big or online banks. We're a local Pennsylvania lender with loan officers that you can actually meet. as phfa's number one lender we specialize in all residential mortgage programs including first-time buyer programs and low down payment options for your free pre-approval call us at 610-439-8000 or apply online at mymortgageamerica.com. mortgage i'm
0: tom tool of the tom tool sales group at remax mainline if you're thinking of becoming a real estate agent in the greater philly area i have a special offer for you Our team did $165 million of volume in 2021, making us the number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania and a top 1% team nationally. Our agents love us because we offer them a successful career, a great life, and an unbeatable culture. Agents who've been with us for at least a year average 30-plus sales. Even our brand-new agents average 17 to 24 sales a year. We offer proven systems and expert training. We help you set more appointments and sell more houses. Now here's the offer. If you don't have a real estate license yet, we offer real estate scholarships so you can get one for free. Check it out at realestatescholarshipprogram.com or visit the Tom Tool sales group at Remax Mainline at tomtool.com. That's Tom e.com. Get more out of your real estate career and remember the real estate golden rule. You always get more when you work with Tom Tool. Have you considered a career in real estate? Do you want control over your income? Whether you have a license or not, call us today at 610 692 6976 or visit tomtool.com. Join our team, the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Mainline. Welcome back to Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Stacy Mitchell. She's Sarah Time. And we've got Nick behind the camera and we all work at the Tom Tool sales group at REMAX Mainline, the number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania since 2018. And it, we, we just talked about kind of the uncertainty in the market for consumers. So let's talk about the agent side a little bit. So There was an article that got posted on Real Trends by Jeff Levinson, and he basically said the headline was service clients with an eye on the future economy, which I found pretty intelligent Um, after this came out after the interest rate hike. um, And then, you know, talking about kind of where this inflation data is going and all these things that, you know what, we can't control any of it. Right. I wish you could. That'd be great, Sarah. I'd be like, hey, let's get these rates down. Let's go do some deals. It'd be fantastic. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe in another another life here. So (laughs) he goes on because there's all this stuff that there's every reason not to be working. I think there's every reason that people could just stick their head in the sand, but there's still people out there to help. So he goes on to talk about uh, doubling down on relationship building, educating and updating clients. Um, What's your approach been, and how have you pivoted, uh, ladies? with how you're talking to clients now, where is your, eye? is it, is it on the now? Is it on the future? Is it on both? Like how are you looking at building your business right now? Because this is a time of year where a lot of people, they literally just stop working. Like you'll see real estate agents stop working for the year in the month of August. And obviously I know you two aren't doing that. I'm, I'm sure as hell not. Uh, but so what, what's your, what's your mindset like right now? And then we can get into, uh, these interest rate predictions. And, uh, I want to play this clip from Ricky Carruth as well.
2: I think for me, it's uh, just keeping in touch with my clients, carrying around my hot sheet, see what comes up on the market. And when I talk to people, I listen to what they're telling me. I I ask them, you know, if they have any questions, what's their biggest concern about the market? What's the biggest obstacle holding them back right now? Um, And I listen to what they're telling me so that I can bring to them some value. I can, you know, either send them more information on what I know mm-hmm. that's happening in our local market. Um, update their update their search criteria because mm-hmm. that could change. Yep. Um, you know, and just help them navigate better through this and just make sure that they know that I'm there for them. And if they have questions, I can be their first point of contact. Yeah.
1: I mean, I would say I'm like both, both like focusing on the now and on like the, what's coming up here in the future. So, you know, and none of us we've talked about this a lot none of unfortunately none of us here have that crystal ball that can say exactly what will what will happen but we can say like all right you know when people you know there's a lot of clients we've we've talked a lot about that 7% mm-hmm. being where people get really uncomfortable and it like you know agreeing with them like yeah like that's that's a higher rate than what it had been last year and and different times but um you know kind of focusing on like if this is the house and if you can afford that monthly payment at the 7% if rates come down in the future that doesn't mean that you made a bad decision you know like that means that now you've secured the home and you can can refinance Um, and just kind of giving them the rundown on like what it looks like in the future if rates do drop significantly and like how that can play out so you know taking what we currently have going on now which is you know, all that we can for sure know (laughs) will happen Mm -hmm. and then just kind of playing out different scenarios of how it it could look down the line.
0: So I I tend to agree with you that if your your eye is always on what's best for the client, all of a sudden the now opportunities are going to spring up and you're going to see that stuff happen. Part of this is having a consistent discipline of doing the things, making the calls, having the conversations. And if you do it every day, you're going to see that stuff spring up more often than not. Uh, and when you're not closing aggressively – have you ever been closed too hard before?
1: Yeah, it's off-putting. Mm-hmm.
0: Right? right? Like how off-putting?
1: Yeah, you're just like, ew, now. <laughs> right. <anymore."> Bye.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Bye. <laughs> you guys are great. <laughs> so it, it, if that's the case, right? So, I mean, it, and, and you can't – when you do that, people can tell. Now, there's a difference between aggressive follow-up and hard closing. I think you need to know what to say, how to say it. Use some of the Phil Jones stuff. And a lot of things that we we, you know, we talk about internally at our, at our team – and if you have an eye for both and you're like, hey, you know, I'm not worried if you buy now or two years from now, you know what's going to happen? You're going to have plenty of business. And then when something changes, you're the top of mind person. Because usually when people are ready, they're ready like yesterday. Mm-hmm. Like if you ever followed up with a seller and all of a sudden it's been like years of follow up or at least months. And they're like, hey, we want the home on the market tomorrow. And they call oh, yeah. like it. It happens like like that. So the, the whole point of that is that you've got to look at the long term view. And right now it may be best if someone's saying, well, I've got a three percent rate. You might need to tell them, hey, maybe we should wait until rates come down for this to make financial sense for you. And you can only use the you can refinance later line so much because oh, yeah. I don't think that's going to work for a lot of people if they have a, a great place. So this is the challenge right now. And uh, so what I'm going to do and then, we're, and then we'll talk about rate predictions. I'm going to try playing this clip. We'll see if this works um, from Ricky Carruth. And I'm going to wait for my computer to load here. So let's talk about why it's important to do that. So. We've got these eight leading research form, firms, and they are all predicting rates are coming down. I mean, Morningstar predicts 6.25% by the end of this year. Goldman Sachs, 6.4%. NAR, 64 uh, by the end of the year. Morgan Stanley, rates will start at 6% at the beginning of 2024. Um, Moody's, rates will average 65 through most of 2023. Realtor.com, 6.1% at the beginning of next year. Fannie Mae, um, they're saying 6.6%. And then you've got, um, the mortgage bankers association talking about 5.9% in the fourth quarter. Do we see that happening? Number one, because predictions fourth are always quarter wrong. Of
1: 2023. Yeah.
0: This is right now. Oh. All those numbers were kind of like five, nine to six and a half is what I, that was the range from all these different companies. One, do you think it's going to happen? Are these guys right or wrong? Because we know predictions can be wildly off constantly.
2: Well, after seeing that seven and a half today, I don't know, I'm still in sticker shock on that one. But um, I mean, I'm really hopeful that they will come in uh, below seven. Yeah. Especially leading into next year. Yeah. 2024. I could see us getting
1: into mid to lower sixes. And I know that like 5.9 to 6.1 is not that big of a difference, but like 6.1 6.1 I could see happening, 5.9, like, at least at this moment, I'm having, like, a tough time seeing, um, but, and especially with, we've only got, what, like, four months left in the year, so, um, things would have to, which, I mean, they can, they, mm-hmm. like, you know, Gosh, we've, seen, like, we've seen them rise <laughs> quickly yes. before, so, like, <laughs> certainly they can fall that quickly, um, but I, I think they're going to come down, I don't I would be surprised if there was, like, a five in the number. But, oh, yeah. I would um, definitely
2: be surprised if that.
1: But I'd be excited.
2: Oh, terribly excited. Yeah. It It'd would be... shake up everything. Yeah, yeah. People who have Do it. sidelined yeah. would be back into – it would create yeah. a whole different I'd issue. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it would be exciting. <laughs> I hope it happens.
0: Well, uh, well they, there are predictions that we're going to see fives by the end of next year. Um, so if that happens – you got to be ready with the eye to the future. Like if you're if you're not building your business for 2024 right now, you're making a mistake. And and, and that's exactly what Ricky Caruso says. And I tend to agree with him on this. I think sometimes he has some some uh, takes that aren't aren't quite there. We talked about this, so let's play the clip. Let's see what we got here. Is this going to work or not? This is our first time doing this. Doesn't look like it's going to work. So here's what he says in the clip. This is why this is live radio. You can tell it's live right here. So he talks about the current market being like a rubber band where every time rates stay high and they go up, someone's pulling that rubber band back further and further, and nearly 82% of homeowners feel like they're locked in at their existing low rate, according to data from Realtor.com. When when you hear locked in, it doesn't sound like, they, like they're like they happy with it. They feel like they're just like they want to move, and we have the most 33-year-olds ever in the history of, of the U.S., and think about what, like at 33, it's not like family planning, people are having kids, and... They probably are hating their house more and more every day. So I'd imagine if you're investing and looking at, all right, I don't care if this conversation today leads to an appointment. I care about what happens six months from now. Obviously, you want to schedule appointments. Don't get me wrong. When that rubber band snaps, there's going to be a lot of people kind of jumping and reacting, and there's going to be others that, similar to what the three of us went through during the lockdown of 2020, where it was like, all right, we were ready to go, and it was like it opened up, and people were, were doing deals like literally that day. I have a sense it's going to be probably even more fierce than that and more ferocious just because of the, the, the demand that's out there right now. We've had this kind of cycle happen.
2: Yeah, I agree. Um, uh, I mean, there's still so many, so many people that want to buy. Yeah. So and I don't see that changing. Right. I, you know, I don't see that changing. There's yeah. such an influx. There's the millennials and the boomers and everybody's yeah, <laughs> looking at the same thing. Yeah.
1: Maybe Very we need a a tag yeah. in Boomtown for like different Boomers. rate num no no, no, no. <laughs> oh. for different uh different rate numbers that you like if the rates hit this this is when they want to be contacted or like whatever that so that like good. as you're tracking like what's mm-hmm. going on you know if it hits like somebody said five point five and hopefully they we go. get there some then you can each day go in check the rates make
0: I think your calls.
2: we I think we are more on top of it than our clients oh for yeah part yeah. yeah.
0: Well, remember when rates came down like the end of last year, it was like November, they came down and like, we were telling people and they had no idea that rates mm-hmm. went, and these people are looking for a house, by mm-hmm. the way. Uh, and it just shows you they were surprised to hear from us. You know, the other agents aren't doing that stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I would argue that what you need to look at here is one, I'd be focusing on talking to people that own properties, number one, because the the buyers that want to buy that don't own anything, they're, they're kind of out there. They're not as, they're not as vulnerable to the low and high rates because they're paying rent right now, which, which rent is is a little different. Secondly, having conversations with them. And when someone calls you, you got you literally have to, and you, they say follow up in a month, you got to cut that in half to two weeks. You can't, you can't be waiting, oh, well, they told me to call today. Because anytime you do that, there, there, there's something that happens. Following up after a conversation, whether it's a video, a handwritten note, something so they know it's you putting them on property drips, whether it's a seller or a buyer, all these things that work, if you're doing that every single day and you have an intentional plan to go get listings and are working on your appointment, then I see things happen, you know, going well for you. But it, it's just going to take time. I mean, all the good business takes a long time to nurture.
2: Yeah, I definitely agree with that. It does. Yeah. And, you know, if you are and you're nurturing and nurturing, out of the blue, somebody will say, hey – I saw this house. Yeah. You know, can, they'll, they'll shoot you an email or text, you know, mm-hmm. can we go look at it? It's somebody that you've been nurturing for a year. Right. And here they come back into the fold. Yeah. So that's why it's so important. And, you know, once a month, maybe just do a market update video just mm-hmm. to, and just do an email blast to your clients just yeah, so that they can see you, you know, hear you yeah. and, and get some really vital information about what's happening in the market. And I feel like the ones that you've been
1: nurturing for a long time, it's, It's like usually a nice call when you when you Mm -hmm. call to check in, like not with the expectation that like, all right, now you're doing something, but just like, all right, where are we at now? And just kind of listening and finding out what's up and just like hearing in their voice that they're like, oh, hey, like, how how was this going with you? And like, it's it's like a nice call. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. I think it's a great way to look at it. And and also those people appreciate you being their advocate and following up with them. I mean, the, the nasty calls in real estate typically happen with the following types of people expired listing, I've had many of those, for sale by owners, uh, online leads that don't realize they're making an inquiry, right? I mean, they, they, they start to flip out.
2: Oh yeah. Um, where'd you get my number? Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> or the person that you didn't follow up with. Yeah. And they're like, where you been? Like, what happened? Yeah. All right. I, or, or they didn't like the information you told them. But when you get someone that likes what you're saying and mm-hmm. says, all right, Sarah, I, I believe you. This is what I want. You're the person to do this. When you get someone, Stacey, that believes you're the right guide for them, If you're not communicating with them, you're going to lose that relationship. And that's a mistake agents make because they just don't follow up with people. Mm -hmm. And you have that one good conversation. They could forget about you in the next day or two. Like, you really need to stay in touch with your folks pretty aggressively. And I think Brian on our team, our sales manager, said 85% of your day has got to be trying to set appointments with people. And the rest is for appointments. And that includes prep, knowing what you're going to say, how you're going to say it. And and that's what Ricky Carruth is talking about here. And I find this to be pretty accurate because – there's going to be a lot of business to do next year. There's going to be a lot of business to do in 2025, and these rates aren't going to stay here forever. Even with all these predictions that we're seeing from Fortune magazine, obviously, they don't believe that. These are the biggest experts in the country. So if you're not playing for the future and also playing for finishing the rest of the year strong, that, that's where it gets, it gets a little wonky. And, and you're, you're doing yourself a disservice. So how are you guys loading up for next year? How how are you guys looking to finish the year strong? What are you doing in your business now to have a killer end of 23 and an even bigger start to 2024?
2: Getting organized with my weekly schedule, like time blocking. Okay, I'm going to do expireds this day, circle dialing this day, and cleaning up my boomtown these two days. Mm -hmm. And um, I started keeping better notes as far as, you know, who I, how I'm calling my expireds, am I sending them letters? Um, I've been doing more mailers, things like that. So for me, it's it's all about um, organization mm-hmm. and preparing because it is a little bit more slow. I have a little bit more time to do these things. Mm-hmm. So it's I feel like you better get organized now Yeah. because when the dam breaks, you know, you want to be yeah. able just to not have to worry about those things. And have those good habits already established in place. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly like getting organized. And I would say like just
1: being proactive with, you know, for your buyers, like seeing what's coming up, like knowing what's going on in different neighborhoods, being able to bring something to them other than just like, have you seen anything recently that you want to go out and see? You know, like having, um, you know, just different properties that are coming up or pointing out ones that maybe have been one for a little bit that maybe had been a little bit higher like than what they would want to be spending. But like this could be like price drop time, you know, like wouldn't be a bad idea, you know, just coming to them with uh, with ideas. And for for sellers, certainly just continuing to stay in touch. I mean, I think with a lot of these it is I have people that I've been working with for a very long time that like aren't quite there yet, but I like I continue to follow up with.
0: How long is a very long time and what are their situations? Because I, I think I'm I really I, I have a couple of these, too. I can give out some examples and case studies. But I, I want people to hear this because this is how you get listings like this. it It, it is about that long game.
1: Uh, first, I would say I have one seller right now who we still have not um, gone to. He doesn't want to, like, put it up on the market yet. But I I think that he from when I started was somebody who I was, like, reaching out to so uh, three so, years. Yeah. And, um, it took until January of this year for him to let me come out and see the place in person and then slowly start to be able to like bring some people through. And I think I'm, I'm wearing him down. Like he used to, <laughs> I feel like be annoyed when I would call mm-hmm. and now like, I think he likes it. <laughs> so, That's fantastic. Um, you know, it's, uh, you know, and just kind of saying what's going on and like, and You know, what is it? What is your plan? What needs to work for you? Like, how does this plan not just make it about let's get it up on the market? You know, being like, how how can we help you? Mm
2: -hmm. Same. I would have to say my uh, I (laughs) just take touch base with somebody last week and we've been looking for three years. They're looking in a very specific area. Mm -hmm. They really want to move, Mm -hmm. like really want to move. And they've been now they've been looking when the interest rates were three and four percent. Yep. Oh, that's that's uh, a good point. and yep. and their price that's point killer. at that time, you know, was between four and five. So now they're looking five to six because everything that was four and five is now five to six. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. So
2: interest rates are higher, price points higher. But uh, the reason I reached out was because I noticed he created his own search on the site and he named it Hope. So I was like, ah, oh, I got to give him a call. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he, it is friendly. Hey, yeah. what's up? What you got for me? Yeah. And I was like, oh, I don't have a house for you, but I do have some information. Yeah. But yeah, so it it can be a long time. can yeah. be a very long time, but they still have the desire to move if, if their home comes on the market in, in a, the different area. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, and, and we talked about uh, last week. That most sellers select their agent based on proximity, meaning proximity of relationship, whether it's someone they used in the past or someone that got referred to them. So if you're following up like that, you've already put yourself ahead of the game because think about why they choose that person. This is like it's like 68 percent or something, something 68, 67 percent somewhere in that range. They they do that because of trust. Well, if you're what you're doing is you're building trust with people when you do that. I, I have a, uh, a a person that is in my database now. I called them in 2020 and. Thinking about downsizing. Well, guess, think about all the things that have to happen to downsize. Husband sold his medical practice. Kids are finally out of the house. You know how long it takes to close a business deal like that? Like, it's months, right? So mm-hmm. now it's all finally happening, and they're like, well, now we're ready to talk. So we closed all the other loops, and this is the last one because we don't want to be, be out, of a, 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 out of a place. I mean, it, this happens constantly where people start thinking about moving. Remember, moving's a big deal. Like if, if you got, like, if you're in like the, the starter home moving to the bigger property, that happens way faster. Mm-hmm. But if you're looking at the baby boomer generation, those people take time to make decisions. And they make deliberate decisions. So that's the only way to really go about that. So I, I, I think what, everything we're talking about here and what Ricky's saying is you got to play the long game. you got to hit your conversations every day. Any one of the three of us, you have 15, 20 conversations a day. You're you're setting an appointment. There's no question about it. Like, it it almost happens like clockwork. So really good stuff from Ricky. Let's take a quick break. And there is a light at the tunnel, everyone. Rates are coming down, apparently. You know, I mean, we're playing the long game here. This is all good stuff for the people that want to be successful in this business. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back, and we are going to talk about out-of-office emails and— The reason to avoid them like the plague next on Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM.
3: And one, two, eight, five, zero, one.
0: Have you considered a career in real estate? Do you want control over your income? Whether you have a license or not, call us today at 610 692 6976 or visit tomtool.com. Join our team, the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Mainline. The Tom Tool Sales Group is the number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania with over $165 million in volume for 2021. I'm Tom Tool, and our team has achieved that kind of success by being a great place to work with and to work for. No one knows Greater Philly better than we do. We know real estate, but more importantly, we're real people. We hire the best agents, and we give them all the tools to succeed. Even our brand new agents sell 17 to 24 homes a year because our team delivers the best experience in real estate. Teams deliver a better experience than individuals, and we're a top 1% real estate team in the country. We call it AAA service. We're your advocate, ally, and advisor. Because this isn't a transaction to us. It's a relationship. If you're buying or selling a home, call the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Main Line at 610-692-6976 or visit TomTool.com. That's Tom, Tool with an E dot com. Sell your home for more and remember the real estate golden rule. You always get more when you work with Tom Tool. all right all right all right welcome back to tool time real estate radio on wwdb 860 am i'm tom tool she's sarah time and she's stacy mitchell and we all work at the tom tool sales group at remax main line the number one remax team in pennsylvania since 2018 we've got nick behind the camera and we're streaming live every week on facebook youtube instagram just look up Tom Tool Sales Group. So, we're at the last segment here. We're also at the end of summer. And our friends over at BAM talked about the out-of-office email. So, have you guys ever posted, like, the out-of-office away message? Like, past Instant Messenger days. This is a, I mean, You probably know what I'm talking about with Instant Messenger. I don't know if Stacey does. Mm-hmm. That was, like, a big thing, at least when I was in college, which was a long time ago. So, so you, you haven't done it, is what I'm hearing. Have you ever gotten it. one of those from somebody? Yes.
2: Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
0: Do you feel like that person, like, t- who, give us some context.
2: Uh, I mean, it happens. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. That, you know, you send out an email and you get it kicked back instantly. Right. Like the reply. Yeah. Oh, I'm out of office on vacation or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, it happens quite frequently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So to be honest, sometimes
1: I don't mind it if it's not something urgent or something. So then I know not to be like looking for it or expecting a response from them. Right. Mm-hmm. But when you need something, it's like,
2: mm-hmm.
1: are you kidding me? I was at a settlement um, a couple of weeks ago and this was like a deal like, oh my gosh. Um, so I had the sellers, they had done a deed package in advance, so they didn't need to be there. We were at this settlement table for so long because the buyers, their lender was in California. So it was already, you know, like a three-hour difference or whatever. We were literally waiting for one thing for the lender to, like, confirm so that we could have this go oh through. Gosh. And, I mean, we'd already been there for, like, hours. hours. Oh my gosh. And we're waiting for this one last thing. And the title person is like, all right, I guess I'm just going to send another email to see what's up.
0: First back. of all, that title person needs to pick wow. up the phone.
1: Well, she yeah. and she was great. She had already right. like okay. she had been on the phone. Yeah, on, I almost lost called. it
0: right there. Uh, yeah. so. No, no,
1: no. She was she was really great. <laughs> she had been on the phone and everything. But then I think just like sent an email to be like, all right, it's so, like, where are we at with this? Out of office email mm. popped up. I mean, and it was, I'm out to lunch. And so it's like, how long of lunches are you taking that you're literally putting up a lunch? Right. That you're putting up a <laughs> whatever. Oh my gosh, but we almost lost it. I,
2: it oh, my that's, gosh. That's bizarre. If you're doing that for lunch. Yeah, it it happened. Um, actually, I was trying to get some information on a listing and mm-hmm. the listing agents on vacation. Yeah. <laughs> so I called her fill-in and her fill-in had no idea of any of them. She didn't know how to answer any of my questions mm-hmm. about the listing. So there you go. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I can't help the buyer with those kinds of questions. Right. But it, it, that's frustrating.
0: Yeah. I you know, So... This is this is one of the challenges in real estate that these people, they go on vacation, they have no plan for like that, that is bad business. Like you're letting your clients down. You're going to lose business if you do that, by the way, like if you just leave people high and dry and don't explain to them what's going on, there's going to be a problem. So this this whole premise of the I can't believe the, I'm out to lunch. Give me a break! Like I mean, yeah,
1: I was like, how long of lunch are you going on? Well,
0: see, that's know. what the average real realtor does. They plan their lunch out every day instead of making phone calls and having appointments. So you're laughing, but this is very true. Lunch so, is
2: usually in my car if yeah. I'm driving. Right, right. A lot of Wawa, a lot <laughs> right, of like snack right. bars.
1: Yeah.
0: Yes. yes, I yeah, bars and yogurt and all that sort of right. stuff. So. But but we see a lot of these out of office emails, and it's really a lack of systems and a lack of accountability. Because it's 2023. I mean, you know, we all have like we're literally half of us are on our phones right now looking at this stuff. So, you know, th- there's going to be less transactions the rest of the year. And um, we we just talked about what's going on. And if you're sending an out of office email, it, it communicates a couple things. I hear, I see laziness. I see low energy toward your business and the people that you rely on. Imagine if you're a prospect and like, hey, Sarah, I just got referred to you and my good friend, blah, 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 bought the home from you in 2022 and they get, hey, I'm out of the office for the next week. Call the main office if you need something. Mm -hmm. How's that going to how do you think that's going to go?
1: Right. I mean, a lot of times you're somebody needs something then like they don't want to wait a week. They don't. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, that that, that's first and foremost. Uh, So, I mean, it's you could be losing out on potential business because some people do still email you when they want to work with you. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me what you think of this. Um, does it say you can wait or get help from someone else when you get an out-of-office email? Oh. Like, like how did you feel when you saw that the guy was out to lunch? Oh, I was
1: furious. <laughs>
0: like, how furious? And, you know, you're not someone that gets angry, yeah. like, normally. I mean, we've known each other yeah. a good amount of time here, so.
1: Well, that, like, that one was especially upsetting because, like, we had been there for so long, and we were waiting, like... And not that I expect people to like not eat or like not do, you know what I mean. Right. But like, like you know that we're all literally sitting around a table right now, waiting for. And like, what?
2: Right. <laughs> that was and you went to lunch,
1: right, right? Right. Like, why didn't you just like do this first? <laughs> right. Like, and I know that like they could have a lot of. This was a lender that um I mean I I would never work with, but um had you know it, it wasn't my. It wasn't my call. It was, uh, you know, but, uh, yeah, it just made me feel like, oh, my gosh, like, what is going on?
0: Well, and I think it, it shows that, hey, I don't really care about this. Right. I mean, imagine you're like the client in that situation and you're waiting for this response. So it gets it gets a little frustrating that way. The third reason, um, and tell me what you think about this. It rules you out as a guide or resource when the client or prospect is ready to take action.
2: Yeah, because, are you mean, Are you saying that so if your the, client emails you, and they get the out of they office get, email? Of course, they're like, yeah. "My the house I wanted just came on the market, and she's on vacation or he's on vacation. Right. So what do I do? Yeah, I'll call somebody else who's right. going to take me through. Yeah.
0: So think about this. Like your I'm not saying don't take a vacation. I mean, I'm very pro vacation. I mean, you guys know how I I, I, I we, we roll with that stuff. I don't think any of us here feel that way. But w- what about writing a personal reply? Hey. I'm on vacation right now. I've got Sarah lined up and I copied her on this email. She knows everything about your situation and she's ready to go jump in and and take action for you. She can meet you. I can meet you when I'm back, whatever works. I mean, I've made plenty of phone calls on vacation or when I'm out of office because if you don't, I just, I don't think people are going to tolerate that in 2023.
1: Yeah. I mean, I feel like the ones that um, I feel like I don't mind as much when you see them are if they're like, hey, like, I'm out of office, but I'm going to be checking emails between this time and this time. If you, you know, if this is something that you need immediate attention, please, like, call or text. Because then, like, you're setting the expectation of, like, you know, I, I'm I going to get to this. I'm daily checking in um, at this time so that you're not sitting there, like, ref- you know how it's like when you're, like, waiting for something. You're, like, constantly right. refreshing, like – You know, where is it? Where is it? Like, where's my response? Mm -hmm. So, kind of just setting the expectation of, like, hey, I can get to it at this time, or like, happy to help you do something urgently, just call me or text me. Um, I don't have a problem with that. Mm -hmm. Um, As long as the person feels, but then you feel kind of bad, like calling or texting, like if it's not an actual emergency, but like, you know, whatever.
2: I think if you plan before you go away and you have some backup, Mm -hmm. someone who is willing to help you cover your Mm -hmm. showings, then you don't have to worry about this kind of thing. Right. You know, if your client does email you, you can check your email. Mm -hmm. And if that happens and you can, you know, text your, um, you know, your backup plan. Yeah. And have them jump in and help out.
1: Yeah. And then definitely for your people that you're like very regularly taking out,
2: mm-hmm. letting, oh, yes. giving
1: them a heads up. Yeah. So it's not just
2: like, oh, yeah, I'm gone. Right. Hey, I'll be away. But so-and-so is going to help you. Yeah. But text me anyway because I can set things up. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Take accountability to your business. I mean, I think that's just the way it is. I mean, people, they're not going to care if you're away, and they will transact without you if you don't have a plan. So mm-hmm. that's the best advice we have here, especially – these last couple weeks of August so that's it for this week's episode you can follow Sarah on Instagram she's at Ty underscore tie time you can follow Stacy at the number two Mitchko you can follow me at Tom tool 3RD at Tom tool third and we're live every week Facebook YouTube Instagram just look up Tom tool sales group thanks for tuning in that's it for this week's episode of tool time real estate radio on WWdb 860 a.m.